The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? Then do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Also, I like your Halloween nails. Very spooky. Yeah, it's one hand because I got hungry. (laughs) (laughs) You're my fucking spirit animal and you always will be. Well, I don't have any Halloween gel polish since the light lives in my room. So I had to go regular polish. Oh, poor baby. Yes, but I actually get to keep the light now. So ha! Whose light is it? Brianna's light. Because no. the goal was, we don't want to go to the salon because of germs, but the light lives in my room. And then she's like, just keep the light. And I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> it not only came with the light, it came with that little that little thing that you put on your finger that holds the polish on your hand like a ring. Yeah. Nice. And it came with the tools and everything to do the gel. Like, it, it's insane. And it's a really good light, too. So... I'm fancy now. I cannot remember the last time I painted my nails and kept them painted for longer than like a day. Well, when you come home, I can do your nails. I'm getting good. Oh, yay. (laughs) Uh, I just need a fucking pedicure. These feet are rough. Literally. Yeah, I don't do feet. Fucking. I don't do feet. Could sand a fucking board with these. Terrible. Anyway, so that's more than (laughs) listeners needed to know hashtag quarantine projects hashtag buy claire pumice stone hashtag please support us on patreon so i can stop having raggedy ass feet (laughs) and how is that a business (laughs) write-off it is not a business write-off what our patreon is actually supporting is our monthly editing costs for hannah beth who is really amazing and does edit way below market rate so we hope we make more on patreon so we can pay her more because she fucking deserves every goddamn penny patreon also pays for all of our equipment it pays for our hosting it pays for our google drive it pays for our zoom subscription which we had to upgrade because of how much room we needed to post all of our patreon content speaking of which If you hate watching videos on Zoom and you think it's annoying, get excited. We are now changing over to YouTube. Yay, YouTube. So what we are going to do is we are going to download all of our videos and we are going to put them on the YouTube. And then we are going to put the YouTube on the Patreon. And the Patreon is going to give you access to the YouTube. And in English, what she said was... (laughs) You will be able to access all of our videos hosted on YouTube as opposed to Zoom, which makes it easier for you to watch. Uh, They will still be unlisted, so the only people who will have access to them is our Patreon members, of which there are so many fucking more of you now, mainly because of Kat and her silent, oh my god, and a little shudder at the end. (laughs) 
we got turned into gifts and it was great. Yeah. It made me so happy. Some people think they've made it when they're on like a a talk show like a, a Jimmy Fallon or a Jimmy Kimmel or a Today Show, something like that. But no, you have not made it until you become a GIF. Once you become a GIF, you have made it. Yes. But anyway, what happened was... Okay, so what happened was Sirius and Maya discussed their little sleeping encounter from... Yeah, where, where did it... It picked up exactly where the last chapter ended, correct? Yes. So literally... Yes. And then he licked his fingers, dirty boy. And then we opened up on this chapter. Anyway. Yes. So they talked about their sleeping encounter from before. And they also talked about her relationship with Remus, which is the worst pillow talk ever. Like, what is your problem? But okay. That's like afterwards saying, oh, so, um... Do you like that bill they signed in the office? Like, what, what do you, what, what kind of crap is that? Like, you don't, that's not what you talk about. But anyways, well, maybe some people do, but I don't. Um, so then they came up with agreement that he can date anyone but Gryffindors. And? And what? Marlene McKinnon. Oh, yes, and Marlene McKinnon. We don't like her. Because fuck that bitch. <laughs> yes. So anyone but Gryffindors and Marlene McKinnon. So then, um, she's kind of keeping him on the hook, which is what I feel like, because it's kind of like I, I'm keeping you there because I can't decide, which is totally messed up. And then everyone got paired up in their defense against the dark arts class for a spell off, like Expelliarmus and Whoopams and Whoosh. <laughs> we call that a duel. Yes. 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 And then uh, eventually Peter Pettigrew, aka the Rat, because he is a rat. Um, woke up Maya, super panicked, said that there was an emergency with Remus, so then they found out Remus almost killed Snape, and Remus cried and said he was sorry, and Maya told him that Dumbledore would fix everything because Dumbledore makes everything okay. Lies. Lies, you tell. You sit on a throne of lies. (laughs) And that is what had happened was I'm impressed. That's good. Also, turn your shit. I'm fucking silent. I can hear it buzzing. It on vibrate. I'll turn exactly. The, I heard the vibrate. I'll turn the vibrate off. I actually just figured out how to do that the other day. Sounds in haptics. What the heck is a haptic? Okay, vibration off. That's not what you want to hear, but okay. (laughs) So, speaking of, um, at the time of this recording, we have just gone live with the uh, AO3 version of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, so we're getting all of your feedback on that. The chapter (laughs) and the podcast. The chapter and the podcast. Um, And one of my friends, the people who are members of the OG Fire, Whiskey, and Honey fan group, that predates this podcast. We'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, Blaze 
has asked how my podcast is going, and I informed him that we're doing very well, especially now that we're releasing the explicit versions of certain chapters, and he was like, and people pay to listen to you read smut? And I'm like, yes, yes, they do. All 97 of them. 97. (laughs) And he was like, does it concern you at all that you might be tickling somebody's fancy with the words coming out of your mouth. And I'm like, I am not going to think about that. Thank you. Um, You are welcome to listen to it since he actually is a Patreon. I was like, you know, you can just go listen to it and judge for yourself. And he's like, you know, as interesting as I'm sure I would find that you are still the little sister that I never had or drowned in a bucket. And I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm like, and that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, well, said person has not met me, so when said person does meet me one day, they will listen. Uh, Said person may be a fucking godfather to our child, purely because my husband and I think it would be fucking hilarious, because he hates children. Yes, well, said person did not show up to your wedding, so... I'm still mad about it, but he had good reasons. His wife needed him at home, and that is... I'm mad about that one, and I'm mad about the other one, too. Mad about oh, yes, both. you're a Grey's Anatomy fan. Yes, I, I'm mad about him. <sighs> I really, like, you know what? I, 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 since I've never met him and I've only seen pictures, like, I imagine his voice to be, like, kind of deep and I'm really scared I'm going to meet him and he's going to be like, hi, guys! And I'm going to be like, <laughs> no! So, for the sake of differentiating, we'll call Blaze Blaze and we'll call the Grey's Anatomy fan Dr. Burke. Yeah. So, but Dr. Burke does have a fairly, not like low, low voice, but his is fairly low. Okay, because that's like one of the things I'm going to be disappointed about if he's all like Mickey Mouse and I'm going to be like, no, He's not Mickey Mouse. No. Anyways. Anyway, the dead of time. This chapter is called Get the Cloak, and it reminds me of in The Grinch Who Stole Christmas when Jim Carrey's like, Max. Fetch my cloak. <laughs> uh, Sorry, it's, it's not because... even Halloween and I'm already on Christmas. No, it's all right. My dog is named Max and he is tan and brown. So, I mean, he's clearly the Grinch dog. but that's And he's a mutt. So clearly he's the Grinch's dog. And that's fine. But, um, no, we're not on Chapter 47. Well, technically he is the Grinch's dog because somebody's daddy isn't into birthdays, which makes him a Grinch. Other thing we forgot to discuss that happened in the last chapter. Sirius got his ass reamed because what? Remus. Oh! He he tricked Snape into going under the Wampin' Willow. Yes. And... Remus got terrified that he was going to hurt him, and they ended up locking Remus in the Room of Requirement um, after sunrise. So, that being said, there's an author's note this week. Oh. From Shia. Okay, so a lot of you really hated the last chapter, but not my writing, apparently. You technically hated JKR's writing, because she's the one who made Sirius pull that awful plank. Plank. (laughs) Prank on Severus. You mean Harry Potter. Oh, yes, yes. Daniel Radcliffe wrote that story. Yes. And made Sirius pull that awful prank on Severus. How dare you? How dare you, Dan? 
Um, Many of you wanted to see him go through a big change and see the error of his ways instead of being immediately forgiven for what he did. Unfortunately, we know by the books that Sirius is going to still be or is still going to be a bully and a prat and still has a lot of growing up to do. So don't what are you doing? Why are you touching your nose? Okay, I'm going to finish this and then we'll figure out what that means. <laughs> Uh, still a bully and a prat and still has a lot of growing up to do, so don't expect miracles on the Snape front. I do, however, try to explain exactly why Maya does ultimately forgive Sirius for what he did. Hopefully, you all understand where I was coming from on this. Also, I had bigger plots and twists on my mind at the time. L-O-L. Now, will you please explain to me why you keep booping your own nose? You know how sometimes when you just have to put your hand somewhere? Catherine, I have never ever in my life gone, you know what? I need to touch my nose right now. Well, it's the same thing about like when you're laying down and you just like put your hand on one of your boobs and you're like, that's kind of comfortable for the moment. Who does that? Everybody. (laughs) Y'all, you can't see it, but I'm blinking a lot. The weird thing I do is like I'll be laying on my stomach and I just like hitch a leg up. That's that's my weird thing. I can't lay with both legs flat. I have to have a leg hitched up. Yeah, well, apparently I'm just a big ball of weird, okay? But we'll talk about that later. Oh, also we need to start reading because we're fairly deep into this episode already and we haven't started reading yet. This one doesn't seem to be terribly long though, so yay. That's what she said. Dirty. Ooh, one of my favorite days. March 17th, 1976. The Marauders, in addition to Maya, were called into Dumbledore's office once Remus calmed down. The headmaster looked eager to take care of the situation as quickly as possible. Ah, crap, I can't remember my Dumbledore voice. Gentlemen, if you wouldn't mind waiting on the other side of the door, I must have a quick word with Miss Potter on an unrelated issue he said with a smile, his blue eyes twinkling. Also, I don't know what the fuck this voice is. I'm just going to keep playing with it until it feels right. (laughs) James and Peter each took hold of Sirius and Remus's arms as their two friends were barely able to hold it together long enough to stand, let alone walk. Once the door was shut, Dumbledore gestured to the chair opposite his desk and Maya took the seat with a sad smile. I'm sorry about this, Professor. I should have done something to prevent it. She wanted to cry, but her eyes were dry and red. She'd been emptied of all of her tears while comforting Remus in the room of requirement that morning. You and I have had this conversation several times over the course of years, of the years, Miss Potter. I reassert my position and advise you to follow your Mr. Lupin's letter. May I ask, have you tried to change anything since you've arrived in this timeline? She sighed, biting the inside of her cheek. She had put a great deal of thought into her time travel and what she could and could not do. I don't know, sir. Sometimes I can't tell if I'm purposefully trying to fix something or if I'm just reacting normally. There are days when I wonder if I'm not the catalyst you often talk about, if my being here isn't what triggered a reaction to begin with. Maya's biggest issue with being in the current timeline was always Peter. Had she been given the opportunity, she would have prevented Pettigrew from ever meeting James, Remus, and Sirius, and yet it was she who first came to Peter's aid on that first train ride. 
She thought of how difficult it had been to control her rage when, face to face with the traitor, especially during the first night at the Shrieking Shack, and wondered if perhaps her bitterness towards him would be what eventually pushed him to become an irredeemable man. There was also the more recent issue of Snape. I think I'm the reason last night happened, sir, Maya revealed. There was an altercation in class between myself and Severus. Sirius took it personally, I think. Or, sorry, I think Sirius did what he did in retribution. It's my fault. The Chudley Cannons are in last place in the league right now. Is that also your fault, Miss Potter? Dumbledore questioned. It rained last week. Is that your fault as well? It has been some years since I've read your letter, but may I ask what it says in regards to blame? Do not put blame on yourself over the future, Maya quoted the letter, word for word with a sigh, understanding Dumbledore's point. She knew the words perfectly. She still read the letter often, as it connected her to the future. What is meant to happen will happen, regardless of how it comes to be. I understand, sir. He smiled. Good. Now, while I have always tried to follow my own instincts when it came to your knowledge of the future, and avoid asking too many questions, I would like to request your advice on the matter at hand. What can I help with, sir? She asked, dutifully. I am struggling with how to handle this situation. Mr. Lupin's secret will be kept. I've taken proper measures with young Mr. Snape to assure that. However, I feel it would be irrational of me to look the other way when one student knowingly put the life of another in jeopardy. He frowned. The disappearance of his smile was unsettling. I would like you to tell me a little of what you know about Mr. Black's character. Maya sighed. Why did it always come down to Sirius? I can't lie and say that I'm not biased. Sirius and I are... There are complications, but... She thought of her original third year and what had happened in the hospital wing before she and Harry took the time turner to save Sirius. Sirius Black showed that he was capable of murder at the age of 16, Professor, Black said, er, Professor Snape said. You haven't forgotten that, Headmaster. You haven't forgotten that he once tried to kill me. My memory is as good as it ever was, Sirius. Severus. Fuck, I'm <laughs> fucking up names left and right. Also, I do go back and listen to episodes and kick myself in the ass for swapping names. So I'm sure you all are doing it for me, but just know that I apologize profusely. She and Harry had known of Sirius's innocence uh, relating to the murders of James and Lily Potter, and they had fought to try to, er, fought to convince Snape, Fudge, and Dumbledore with everything they could, but in the end, they knew it would not be enough. The words of a couple of teenagers, an escaped convict, and a werewolf would hold no power. If all goes well tonight, you will be able to save more than one innocent life tonight. Innocent. Sirius had been innocent of murder then, but was sent to Azkaban anyway. Maya knew that Sirius, this younger Sirius, would suffer, and it didn't matter when or for what crime he had committed. He would suffer. He is a confused boy. A confused and angry boy who is fighting against the prejudices of his family by lashing out, but he is a good man, and he's punishing himself enough for what he's done she said firmly, recalling the red rims of Sirius's eyes as he waited outside of the room of requirement, his remorse evident. Dumbledore's smile returned. 
Thank you, Miss Potter. I will take your words into consideration. He had. Dumbledore had been amazingly creative with his eventual punishment of Sirius, who had spent several, who had spent years in detention and showed nothing for it. Rather than make him shine trophies or candelabras or even go as far as expelling him, Dumbledore had insisted that Sirius, who was much too smart for his own good, tutor other fifth years who were struggling with preparations for their OWLs. The punishment forced Sirius to interact with the other houses, Slytherins included, and also made his own revising mandatory. When Maya had been told what Sirius's punishment would be, she couldn't help but laugh as she remembered a conversation she and an older Sirius once had, where he promised one day to tell her how he managed to get nine OWLs. Is that, like, a lot or something? Yeah, so you take an OWL for each class you're in, and I think Hermione got, like, eight... And so for Sirius, and you know, she was using the time turner to go to multiple classes. So for Sirius to get nine is a pretty big deal. That means he's getting owls in classes he didn't even take. Got it. Yeah. A- Shut up. I'm yawning. It's late. April 14th, 1976. So jumping forward by a month. I'm not mad at... I'm not that easy for me to say. I'm not mad at him. I'm disappointed in him. Maya leant against the sofa of the common room, an arithmetic book in her hands. It had been two years, and she was still miffed that her boys had essentially tricked her out of taking the class. She would be glad when OWLs were over so she could drop care of magical creatures again. While flipping through the pages of her textbook, she realized that, instead of reading them, she was using the motion as a distraction to avoid putting effort into the conversation with her brother. But Remus forgave him, James reasoned, sitting cross-legged on the floor in front of her, wearing his Quidditch gear and looking uneasy. She frowned, lips pursed, and eyes narrowed. Well, maybe Remus shouldn't have. Sirius was selfish and foolish, and this bitter bitter rivalry between the two of you and Snape has now grown far past schoolyard bullying, which I also don't approve of. James immediately shifted his gaze elsewhere, looking chastened. She knew that expression. It was a James Potter classic that would be passed down to his son. It roughly translated into, I'm sorry my actions have made you feel this way, but I'm certainly not going to stop doing them. At least Harry had the good sense to only use it when it came to risking his life to save the world. James used it to escape her wrath and to continue harassing Slytherins. Yeah, his life and everybody else's. Word. No one died, James tried to remind her with a sheepish smile, and Dumbledore put Snape under a wizard's oath to keep Mooney's secret. She knew that she was purposefully not calling Snape a rude. Or she knew that he was purposefully not calling Snape a rude name in an attempt to wheedle back into her good graces. It's been a month, Maya. Remus is fine. Snape's fine. But you're still giving Sirius the cold shoulder. His fur will keep him insulated during the storm, she said with a bite in her tone. At least scream at him or something, he sighed, turning pleading hazel eyes up at her. Maya, I've never seen him this bad before. I'm really worried he's going to do something stupid if you don't forgive him. 
Maya stared down at her brother shrewdly, slowly arching a suspicious brow at him, not taking her eyes off of his face as he closed as she closed her book and set it down beside her on the sofa. She leant forward, studying his eyes intently. She watched as James slowly cracked under the pressure of her scrutiny, a calculating trick taught to her by Daria. Jamie, she began, began calmly, a storm hiding behind the soft facade she presented. Did Sirius threaten to sit out the game if I didn't forgive him? Her suspicion was confirmed the moment James's eyes widened. Mum's right. You should have been put in Slytherin. Please, Maya, it's an important game. If we beat Slytherin today, we'll have another chance at the Quidditch Cup. She could not believe that Remus had forgiven Sirius so quickly. James, too, had been swift to accept the apologies, despite the fact that he had been close to cursing his best friend over the incident. Fine, Maya snapped at James, kneeling before her, begging her to forgive Sirius for the sake of Gryffindor pride. Send him down, and then both of you get to the pitch before the whole school thinks that the Gryffindor Quidditch captain skipped out on his own game. As though he had been waiting for her answer, Padfoot descended the staircase from the boys' dorm and padded over to the couch, resting his large head on her thigh, looking up into her face with big eyes, letting out a low whine. Puppy eyes, she said with a scoff. Clever. Go in your stupid game. You have my forgiveness. For now. Maya followed the boys down to the pitch where she joined Lily, Mary, Alice, Frank, and Peter, and an exhausted-looking Remus in the stands. There was a subtle chill in the air. The other students did not look like they minded, but she noticed Remus reacting poorly to it. She waved her wand over his body and cast a warming charm. He let out a sigh of relief and smiled, pulling her in close for a hug. Thanks, Maya. She breathed in the scent of him as though it were oxygen she had been deprived of for a long while. After the narrow miss where he could have killed Snape, Remus had been predictably withdrawn, though, thankfully, he had not fretted back to what, uh, to how he was during their first few years at Hogwarts. He did, however, tell Maya that it would be best, for now, to abstain from one another physically, at least until he had time to work through a few issues regarding his lycanthropy, and how he was trying to deal with what happened the last full moon. She had been respectful, of course, especially since, if they had, theoretically fallen back into bed with one another, she wasn't certain she would have, uh, she was not certain if she would have done it just to make Sirius angry, and Remus did not deserve to be used like that. His hug made her happy to think that her best friend was coming back to himself, especially considering the full moon was just was in just a few hours. Madame Hooch made James shake hands with the Slytherin captain, Lucinda Tockalot. Then, a whistle blew, and the players took to the sky immediately. Gryffindor, in possession of the Quaffle, they're starting off the game off quick. Captain James Potter never tries to lure the Slytherin team into a false sense of security. Potter to Florence, Florence back to Potter, Potter throws the Quaffle, Beater, Sirius Black hits the Quaffle in and scores! The announcer went on as the Gryffindor stands erupted in cheers. Strange move by Sirius Black, reminiscent of a muggle bat's ball by the looks of it, but it's all legal play. Even after all these years, Maya smiled as she watched the game. While Quidditch had always been a stupid and dangerous sport to her, she'd grown to love watching it. Flying right in front of her, Sirius caught her attention. When he turned to wink, she couldn't help but let herself gaze at his body in his red and gold jersey, with flowing robes blowing in the wind behind him. Her mouth briefly, briefly watered at the sight. 
When she was forced to swallow, her eyes narrowed. She would absolutely not swoon over serious black and quidditch robes. He did not deserve her swooning right now. Why are you making that face? What face? I don't know. You're making a face. I'm breathing. Well, stop it. Okay, fine. I'll just disintegrate <laughs> i will say it was kind of funny somebody commented on the facebook group they were like i was watching the patreon content and i just kept going breathe cat breathe i saw that i was breathing clearly not enough okay well next time i'll just get in my box and go <sighs> <laughs> i'm breathing now muggle Oh, that's that's beautiful. Uh, she would absolutely not swoon over uh, serious black and quidditch robes. He did not deserve her swooning right now. She huffed and folded her arms across her chest defiantly and sought her brother out amongst the players, rolling her eyes as he dominated the game with ease. Southerns have the quaffle, and it looks like Captain Takalot has spotted the snitch. Everybody turned their attention to the diving seekers, bobbing and weaving in between bludgers and the other players after the small golden fluttering object as it flew just a bit faster than the queen clean sweeps they rode. Maya's attention was diverted elsewhere as she watched a man in aura robes approach the stands where Professor Dumbledore sat with the rest of the staff. Dumbledore suddenly stood, wand held outward. A bright light engulfed the pitch, putting an immediate stop to the game. The snitch, along with the speeding bludgers, stopped dead in the air and fell from the sky, landing on the grass. The headmaster pressed his wand against his throat, casting an amplifying charm before speaking in a voice that echoed loudly. Apologies, but the game has been postponed for the time being. All students must return to their houses without delay. Access to outside areas of the castle is strictly forbidden until further notice. What's happening? Alice asked, deferring immediately to Lily and Remus, both of whom were transitioning into prefect mode and ushering the Gryffindors out of the stand. Remus? Maya whispered as she approached him. Are you all right? He shook his head, looking on edge. No, they've forbidden access outside the castle. I'll be out there in less than two hours. His eyes flicked towards the Whomping Willow, which could be seen just over the edge of the stand in the distance. Why would they forbid anyone to go outside the castle? Maya's mouth turned down in concern. I don't know, but I'll find out. After leading the students back to Gryffindor Tower with Lily, Remus left immediately for the hospital wing, where he was to meet Madame Pomfrey, who would take him to the Whomping Willow. As the sun began to set beneath the horizon, Maya watched nervously from the common room window, where she could see treetops of the Forbidden Forest. He'll be all right. James said as he approached her, fiddling with something in his hand. What's that? James smirked. Snitch. She chuckled, softly. You're a seeker now? Nicked it. Didn't get much else out of uh, didn't get much else out of today's game. Wanted a souvenir. He admitted, shrugging. Why don't you think they why do you think they closed off the grounds? I don't know, but I'd really like to find out. I'm worried about Ramus. Before Dumbledore made the speech, canceling the game, an R came and spoke to him. She told her brother, brows furrowed in concern. Something must have happened out there. I didn't even know Aurors were here, he said quietly. You think it's about what the prophet's been saying? About the maulings? Probably. Hey, is that... 
She squinted at the sight of someone down below walking away from the forest. At first she assumed it was Hagrid, but even from this distance she could tell by size alone that this person was not a half-giant. The professors are probably doing a security check, James said, following her line of sight. Jamie, get the cloak. Something doesn't feel right. Five minutes later, Maya, James, Sirius, and Peter were slipping out of the portrait hole and down the large marble staircase. Both James and Sirius struggled to remain beneath the cloak that barely covered their feet these days. Peter had already shifted into his animagus form, scurrying along the edge of the wall, while Maya trailed behind them, disillusioning herself. Go to the front, she whispered, trying not to accidentally run into them. Once downstairs, she reached forward, grabbing the cloak and stopping James and Sirius when she heard voices down the hall. Have they identified the body yet? Professor Sprout was whispering to Professor Kettleburn, who was leaning against the wall. Oh, God damn it! I don't remember Kettleburn's voice. I literally said I hope he never pops up again. <laughs> um, Professor Kettleburn, who was leaning against the wall, using it as leverage to make his way through the corridor. Professor Sprout looked worried, while Professor Kettleburn looked annoyed. If there's anything left to identify... He was like a Boston accent. If there's anything left to identify. They're sure. It's the same one, Professor Sprout asked. Everybody is yelling at me right now. All of these accents are terrible. It's okay. It's Patricia reading. It's fine. That wasn't me. That was Patricia. Yeah. They're sure. It's the same one, Professor Sprout asked. What? I'm, I'm getting into Boston in my head. Hold on. Hannah Beth, can you like cut out these pauses while, where I get into Boston accent? Pack the cat. Pack the cat in the pack. Khakis. Put your khakis in the khakis. That's what the R said. Reckons the wolf's been in the Forbidden Forest for a few weeks now. Waiting on the moon, uh, waiting the moon out and picking off people in Hogsmeade to bite, bite his time, he answered her. Shut the fuck up. I can see you smiling. <laughs> Maya held back a gasp as she waited for the two professors to get out of earshot. We have to go to the Whomping Willow, she instructed the boys, and made a dash for the door, figuring it would be easier to make a run for it outside instead of risking running into more professors within the castle. Outside, they observed from the edge of the castle, opposite the bridge and the vegetable gardens, as Madame Pomfrey walked a nervous-looking Remus towards the tree. Maya watched as Remus paused, sniffing the air. He turned to look in their directions, but would not be able to spot them in their current invisible state. He stared for a long while, though, until Madame Pomfrey nudged him gently with a hand on her sh his shoulder. No time to waste, Mr. Lupin. He nodded, pressing forward beneath the tree. Maya let out a sigh of relief when she saw Remus disappear from view and Madame Pomfrey make her way back across the grass. Something doesn't feel right, James said. Maya nodded in agreement, her stare held on the Whomping Willow long after Madame Pomfrey returned to the castle. Do you smell that, Maya? Sirius asked, his voice anxious. Something's new. I don't think it's new, she worried her bottom lip between her teeth as the shiver crept up her spine. What are you nodding about? You're making faces. I know. Are you, like, egging them on? What are you doing? No, I was trying to get your attention. Okay, you have my attention. I was just wondering if we had to do an ad because... If we had to do an ad for Rid, the do you smell that part would probably be a good, like... You know what, Kat? <laughs> you are 100% right that that is a perfect spot to do an ad, and I'm so glad you said that, because 
It is still September, which means it is still there is still time for you to get 20% off your Starcross Sundries order by using Fire Whiskey Friday when you check out. Go to StarcrossSundry.com, go get wax melts, go get candles. They don't have soap yet, but it's coming. They have a super Facebook group where you can get a password to get into their not-so-secret menu that has a pumpkin creme brulee that sounds amazing. I am currently burning Remus, melting Remus, and he smells fantastic. Kat, are you melting anyone? Um, I actually have been favoring, what is it called? Can you swim? Can't you swim? Because Can it's the swim? woodwick, and yes. I'm obsessed with like the woodwick. Yeah. And then I decided to be a rebel today because I got the box yesterday. And then today I decided to burn all three at once. (laughs) I'm proud of you. Because I was burning that one, Lily, and Astral Projection. Am I saying that right? Astral. 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 Yes. That projections. (sighs) I'm so proud of you. I got my little cups for my melts, though. I'm just waiting for the thing that warms it up. And then I can start melting. I'm so Because excited. some people are worth melting for, and Rin is one of those people. True. Also, fun fact, you do not have a sample of Remus because I'm currently melting it. You do, however, have the sample of Doria that I wanted to melt, but I gave it up for you, which now means that I have to go use the code Fire Whiskey Friday to get 20% off my order so I can go get Doria <laughs> <laughs> and more Remus because I need more Remus in my life. I'm so proud. That was such a good place to put an ad. I'm so glad you said that also. You're you're good. You're a good person. I appreciate you. Doesn't everybody appreciate me? I'm entertainment for the world now. You're a gif now. I'm a gif. And I think the best part about that gif is that obviously it's a gif, so it's silent. But what some people may not realize is when you did the OMG... You actually were silent. You mouthed it. You didn't actually say it. So the gif is perfect because it is accurate to what actually happened, which was you saying absolutely nothing out loud, but very clearly mouthing, oh my god. Which proves I can lip sing. Mm, Okay, okay. saying words without (laughs) speaking is not the same as lip syncing to a song. Uh, whatever that song was too good to do that for so you know what i just love your i'm the little i'm the lie i'm the little i'm the lie (laughs) for those of you who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about and i was the one driving and i really shouldn't have been doing that but i was probably at a red light we were at a red light okay if you look that's what i was gonna say i don't remember if you look in the rearview mirror you can tell we're not moving but if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about go into the (laughs) facebook fan group fire whiskey and honey podcast group and you will may have to search a bit, but you can find a video of Kat and I doing a lip sync video, or not a lip sync video, to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Uh, good times. Good time. It is a classic. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, I'm really upset, though, because that one road trip that we took that one time, and we were, like, singing Dream On, and then when he got to the part where he's like, Dream On! Dream On! And we're really obnoxious. I'm so mad nobody recorded that. That Uh, was good. That was a good one. I am kind of sad that doesn't exist. But you know what? Neither one of us are even 30 yet, so we still have plenty of time to take road trips. And if all goes according to plan, we can torture future children of ours with it. And have the parent kids in the background going, Moms, stop! And we'll just be like, Dream on! 
Yeah, but then we're going to have to do it more with songs that we actually grew up with. So we'd have to be like, when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a (laughs) marching band. And we'll just be like crying. I was going to go more for like, shake it to the right, (laughs) shake it to the left. Cheek is to the front. Cheek is to the front. If you're having a good time. Hi, see ya, hota, whatever that means. <laughs> or my personal favorite. I chimed in with the habit people ever heard of. Closing the GD door because there are children in the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what is that thing? I'm not like other moms, I'm a like, mom. <laughs> Yeah, what is that thing where it's like, if your kids are going to ride in my car, we're not going to be bumping to Baby Shark this good morning. We're going to be like something them hoes or whatever yeah whatever that thing is it makes more sense to them yeah (laughs) we're not so much kids bop as we are 90s bumping 2000s bumping yeah yeah sorry kids i went through an emo goth punk phase so you were going to be listening to good charlotte and panic at the disco and you'll like it yeah me too and you're going to call when September ends yeah. and wake that person up. Yeah. Soon. Soon. I think this airs on the 25th. So, you know, five more days. We'll wake y'all up when September cool. ends. Cool. With chapter 49, which is the penultimate chapter. This is the penultimate to the penultimate so essentially we have two episodes left after this one and then season three is over sad then we take a two-week break double sad suck it nerds we need a break this is a long fucking season (laughs) i'm crying on the inside it's fine we need to get back to recording holy shit yes anyway the dead of time anyway the dead of time actually we're doing all right on time so hannah beth won't totally murder us anyway So, to pick up where we were, the marauders have gone outside, Remus has gone beneath the Whomping Willow, and everybody still thinks that there's something going on, so their spider senses are going. Fun fact, it is spider, not spidey. All of the comics actually do, in fact, say spider sense. Thank you, Matthew Gray Gubbler in Criminal Minds. Spidey sounds better. Do you smell that, Maya? Sirius asked, his voice anxious. Something new. I don't think it's new. She worried her bottom lip between her teeth as a shiver crept up her spine. As if to confirm her suspicions, the passage to the Whomping Willow reopened, and all of the teenagers suddenly held their breath. A large, familiar figure emerged from the passage, dragging something at his side. As the remaining light of the setting sun angled over the person, Maya's eyes widened as she saw a vicious-looking man with matted gray hair, even from this distance, she could see the glint of sharp, pointed teeth. Fenrir. The hash-slinging slasher! <laughs> God damn. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Sorry, I had to. It was too easy. I had to. <laughs> the hash-slinging slasher! I fucking hate you so much. I know. But in reality, Fenrir Greyback sufficient for you a 
sharp voice muttered from around the corner, and Maya almost let out an audible gasp at the sight of their defense against the dark arts professor. Ah, crap, now i got to remember Greyback's voice. Reckon you've done well enough, Greyback rasped. Maya shook with rage at the sight of him. This was the creature responsible for causing so much pain to Remus. This was the werewolf responsible for attacking Bill Weasley. This was the beast who had captured her, Harry, Ron, and Sirius and brought them to Malfoy Manor. She swallowed down the rising bile in her throat and pushed back the thought in her head that screamed, Attack! Kill! Death Eater! Forcing her to remember that, in the end, the werewolf was to die at the hand of Draco Malfoy. Unfortunately, that not-at-all tragic death would not occur for another 22 years, and future Remus had never relayed a story about running into Greyback whilst he attended Hogwarts. Maya had no idea what was going to happen. I've been at school all this year, just for one errand, Professor Higgs snapped. I'd be watching that tone if I was you. If you haven't noticed, I've got a time limit here. Greyback said, gesturing to the quickly darkening sky. So, if we're finished. He made to reach down on the ground for something, but Higgs stopped him. Not a word, Professor Higgs sneered. You and I are done. I don't normally take orders from wizards, but seeing as you play fetch so nicely. Greyback laughed mockingly. Fine, fine. No one will ever know your secret. You're still sticking with that story that your son drowned at sea? You realize you sound like Matthew McConaughey right now? <laughs> I did not, but I'll like, take it. I just want you to be in a Lincoln doing this with your fingers, just being like all philosophical and stuff. Like, yeah, you, you literally sound like Matthew McConaughey. Not mad about it. It's actually a compliment. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Ooh, okay. Back to this show. Anyway, dead of time. God, why did I start start changing our catchphrase all of a sudden? I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, dead of time. Higgs narrowed his eyes. I have no son. Oh, I beg to differ. Saw him just last moon, I did. Right in my pack where he belongs. Bottom of the pack, of course. Greyback crooned, licking his lips. But he's pack all the same. You're tracking what's going on here, right? Huh? You're tracking what's going on, right? Professor Higgs has a son who was bitten by a werewolf and became a werewolf. And he is now part of Greyback's um, pack. And Higgs is essentially saying that he doesn't have a son. His son drowned. Oh, okay. Because he's a fucking Death Eater. And that never made sense to me. The Death Eaters are super racist against werewolves, and yet they employ werewolves. But, like, sure, whatever. Anyway. The knuckles of Higgs' left hand turned white with a death-like grip he had around his wand. And this filthy half-breed. He looked disdainfully at the ground. One of yours. Oh, this... Greyback grinned darkly as he reached down and pulled up the coll- uh, and pulled up by the collar an unconscious Remus. This here is one of my favorites. Maya felt Sirius move forward, but she reached out and stilled his movement beneath the cloak. She had faced off against Greyback before and knew that they would not stand a chance against the vicious werewolf, especially if he were paired with Professor Higgs. 
not when they had Remus as a hostage. Grab it. You just sniff your armpit. No, my freaking neck was cramping. Mm-hmm. Muggle, go suck a Quidditch ball. <laughs> Greyback patted unconscious Remus's cheek. He and I have passed. Been waiting for him to grow up is all. Bringing him on to meet the rest come morning. Whole pack will be in Wiltshire this time next week. Pass that information along to your dark lord, yeah? If he's as friendly to wolves as you say he is, maybe I'll put in a good word for you, Higgs. I'd appreciate it if you pretend we've never met half-breed. Get yourself into your progeny, into the forest before someone sees you. Or else we've both risked everything for nothing. I'll say hi to your boy for you then. Greyback cackled as Higgs stormed off, throwing Remus's body over his shoulder and rushing quickly into the forest. What the fuck? Weary, weary fuck me, I keep crossing words. Sirius, whisper shouted, throwing the cloak off of him. Fuck, fuck, what'd we do? Do you know who that was? Maya nodded, wide-eyed after dispelling her disillusionment charm. Greyback. She said in a terrified whisper. What are we standing here for? James demanded. We have to go after him. He's got Remus. Okay, that's where Harry fucking gets it. Yeah. Psycho killer werewolf. Has your best friend hostage. You and your friends are all like 15. And you're like, let's go fuck him up. No sense. 16, 16. But still. Anyway. Yeah, it's like the people when you're watching the horror movie and you're like, don't go in there, but they go in there. Or, hello? Is there anybody there? What the fuck do you expect a serial killer to do? Yeah, I'm in the kitchen making a sandwich. Want one? (laughs) Here, come here. I got a knife for you. Yeah, right. Georgie! (laughs) Come down here, Georgie! Nope. Nope. I don't fucking watch scary movies. I get pissed off at people... Or I can't sleep for a month. There is no in-between. Anyway. We have to be smart about this, Jamie. Maya nervously paced back and forth trying to think. We were lucky we were downwind. Remus only smelled us because we're familiar and so close. If Greyback knew we'd heard everything, we'd be dead. Or Remus would be. And Higgs, that prick. Sirius growled dangerously. James grabbed her by the shoulders and shook her hard. Maya, we have to go before Greyback and Remus get away. Jamie, the full moon rises in less than a few minutes. They'll both transform. He looked confused, so she tried again to explain. Greyback is Remus's sire, and worse, an alpha, which means if we go into that forest to bring Remus back, even on Wolfsbane, Remus won't be able to help us. Mooney's instinct will be to submit to Greyback. We can take that bloody werewolf, Sirius snapped. No, we can't. Not in human form. And even then... She paused before continuing in a voice she tried to make as clear and rational as possible, given the circumstances. As big as the two of you are in Animagus form, you still have trouble reigning in Mooney when he gets out of control. We're talking about a fully grown, fully embraced werewolf. Did you see his face? His hands? 
He stays mid-transformation so he can maul and infect people in between moons. It wouldn't create werewolves. It just scars them for life and induces wolfish behaviors. He does it because society fears werewolves so much. He's as savage as they get. Being an alpha only makes him stronger. Peter shifted back into human form, looking positively terrified. What'll we do, Maya? What makes him an alpha? James asked. A solution thrummed under her skin, and Maya smiled. A pack. Wolf and that's pack. <laughs> I'm a one-man wolf pack. Yeah. God, I love The Hangover. Terrible fucking movie, but I love it anyway. So, what you think? I think they are about to go on a dangerous adventure. Shocker. It's almost like reading the original Harry Potter series. But, um, I feel like this chapter is more of a transition chapter. Like, not a lot of big things happen. I mean, obviously, we're dealing with the fallout from the Severus thing, and now we're leading into the Remus thing. So this one's kind of a lull. But what we do get is, once again, yet another Shia fucking cliffhanger, which is, okay, she's figured out how to rescue Remus, and it has something to do with a pack and alphas. Yes. So I'm very excited to let you find out what all of that means next week. Next week, which will be October 2nd, everyone. We're almost there. It's almost over. (laughs) 2020 but that also means that okay so september is like soft spooky season like apples you can start putting pumpkins out you can start drinking apple cider you can drink psls you can put on some flannel october straight up spooky season let's fucking do this shit hang fucking bats from your walls ghosts in your front yard put up little signs or little fucking pet cemetery shit put in little graveyard things in your fucking front yard and oh i can't wait also we are about to embark upon the most perfect covid19 holiday there is which is called halloween which involves children and adults wearing masks and gloves and eating candy that comes pre-sealed in its own germ-free little container and it is literally the perfect plague holiday and i am excited for it Unless it gets canceled. You can't cancel Halloween. It exists beyond. It's like saying you're going to cancel Christmas. Worst case scenario, I watch scary movies and eat an entire bag of fucking Reese's pumpkins. I mean. You mean Reese's blobs because they don't actually look like pumpkins. Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, Claire, that's not part of our fire whiskey and fitness. So you have to find the keto no Reese's cups no no part of fitness is wellness and part of wellness is mental well-being and part of mental well-being is occasionally treating yourself if you continue to restrain and restrain and hold back that is what leads to yo-yo dieting if you don't give yourself a treat every once in a while you will break and you will fall off that wagon and you won't just fall off the wagon. You will break that bitch in half, light it on fire and then send it to the fucking moon. And the next thing you know, you've gained back all of your weight. So I am a big believer in occasionally treating yourself and going all fucking out and just gorging yourself to the point where it hurts the next day. 
And that part is important because the next day you go, wow, I feel like shit. I never want to do that again. And that, that is the true key of a cheat day. You make yourself feel so disgusting that you don't want to cheat again until a month later when you're like, see, I, want I, 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 I do agree, but I kind of thought you were going to say, yeah, it is because I'm fitting this in my mouth. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, you know what I could do? You know what I have what? never, ever made, but I used to love having on Halloween? Your Jello. mom's Hormel chili? <laughs> Hormel. Uh, yes. Jello jigglers. Lisa's mom used to make them. And I don't know what she would do, but the jello was for some reason extra firm and it just kind of like jiggled and it was in little fucking, you know, ghost shapes and it was delicious. And I feel like everybody who's not an American is going, what the fuck are you guys talking about? It's just really thick gelatin and it's usually orange flavored because orange Halloween. Hello. But also important day because Samhain, very precious for those who practice those religions and also for christians who practice you know all saints day all souls day all hallows eve so you know it is a very important day for multiple reasons but also mainly for reese's pumpkins okay now we have to thank the people let's thank our foxes we would like to thank Miriam, Rachel, Becky, Jackie, Aguila, Becky, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Chelsea, Nevi, Ryder, Ryland, Olivia, Ashley, Heather, Amara, Claire, Claire, Roshan, Jade, Hannah, Shannon, Audrey, Paige, Jillian, Kelly, Martina, Samantha, Amanda, Miranda, Sarah, Danielle, Caitlin, Rin, and Laura. Thank you so much, everybody, for contributing. Amen, sister. Grassy us. And with that final big thank you to all of our foxy foxes, we will be listing the names of our new October Patreons next week. So if you became a Patreon donor in September, you will get to hear your name on the podcast next week. We cannot wait. And we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. I thought you were trying to hold back. I was so proud. <laughs> it was both trying to hold back, and then I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And then I was like, I have no words. So we don't get a sound this week. Okay. Maybe, maybe the sound thing is over. It was short-lived. Okay.
Okay. okay. Recording stopped. Recording stopped. Oh god.